Test, test. Test, test. Hello, I am recording. Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hi-de-ho, folks. Welcome to the RC Roundtable. I'm Fitz Walker, and of course, joining me is Lee Ray. Hello, everyone. And Terry Dunn. <laughs> no one has ever rolled a T before. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you impressed? I think I feel special, so thank you. <laughs> yes, uh, this is our uh, first podcast back from the... Uh, AMA Expo East we had a couple of weeks ago. We are back in our respective domiciles and a much quieter place this time. Quieter? Oh, you mean, I get it. We're quieter than the Expo now. Yeah, yeah, all that noise in the hotel and things and whatever. Right. Maybe we should each go to the nearest hotel lobby and set up our computers there. <laughs> Just for nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. Start that group did other. get rowdy, didn't they? Yeah, well, we were at the bar. What do you want? Yeah, I think as the night went on, people got more drunk and they started getting more rowdier in the background and whatnot. Let me show you how to fill the plane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it's good to be back home. It was a great trip, but uh, I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, so let's jump right into things and we'll talk about the news. Uh, a few things popped up in the past couple of weeks. Uh, First off, um, something that just kind of came out of nowhere, there's a new Twin Star. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Multiplex t Twin Star, you should, because that is a, a fantastically fun plane. Uh, I don't know exactly what they've changed, other than it looks like it comes with a brushless motors now, and they've changed the uh, paint scheme. Terry, you got the input? Well... Sort of. Um, I did some research into this too because you know I subscribe to Multiplex Germany's newsletter. Oh, Deutschland? That's the one. And they sent out a thing this week saying there's a new Twin Star. So I clicked on that, and it doesn't look like it's available in the U.S. But <sighs> when I translated the German site, it says that it's just a cosmetic update. And so then I went to the U.S. site, which is High Tech Multiplex. They have the twin star brushless that has this horrible hawaiian kind of paint scheme on it and i don't know if it's paint or stickers but it looks like i missed a generation of the twin star that is built for brushless motors and comes with brushless motors because yeah. i had the original styrofoam speed 400 one that yeah. came in the gray styrofoam and then i got the twin star 2 which was also speed 400 brush motors but they had plastic mounts and it was with the new Elipore foam and you know, some other updates. And I was thinking for some reason that was the most recent version. But I was wrong. Really? Ooh, so, the plot thickens. Yeah. yeah, right? So it looks like the one you can get available in the U.S. is the same as this new one we're talking about, just uh, different stickers or paint or whatever. Made for brushless and lipo and all that. What is What does ND stand for? ND. Where are you looking? At, on the... Uh, the German site. Well, it says Multiplex RR Twin Star ND. Hmm. Okay. It says ND at the end. But I see no reference for the letters ND. Maybe, I don't know, maybe that's some sort of 
if you translate it into German, it's... Uh, I'm reading it in English. <laughs> I, I know, but maybe they couldn't translate it in German because it's an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm not even going to pretend because I'm sure uh, whatever I try to pretend it means, it'll be a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it just needs Nuva Deutschland. <laughs> I, I did notice, the first thing I noticed is that the fuselage, uh, well, at least if this is the kit, if it has a kit version, uh, the fuselage splits down the middle uh and then the kit i have the one i it, it's already it's like one piece you didn't get to assemble it huh? i don't uh, think i don't remember i don't remember assembling uh, I, I i saw that picture it shows a cross section is that what you're talking yeah. about i think that may be just for dramatic effect i don't think it comes in two pieces no i think it does because if you look it's got the little dimples for mounting so i wonder uh -huh. if there's different versions I don't you know, know. If they if they offer this kit version, but in any case, I'm I'm thinking about my twin star. I I'm pretty sure the fuselage was one piece. Are you sure about that? Because it has a <laughs> cavity on the end. No, uh, I I think you just forgot you had to glue it together. Is it in front of you? <laughs> no, it was, it was a long time ago too. Which version do you have? Two. The two. Okay. Yeah. I'm, uh, I could dig mine out. It's not too far away, but I'm pretty sure on the original and the two, you had to glue that thing together. And I, they didn't change that. And it's got a hollow cavity inside. So how do they do that? Hmm. Yeah. I think you're just forgetting. Well, I'm looking at a picture here of the twin stars two high tech do to do looking at pictures here right there. I don't see a middle seam there. If it is, they did a really good job. Sealing it. Well, can you bring up the manual? I'm looking at a picture right here. There's a and the picture is the fuselage all the way one piece. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, what I'm saying, it's possible that it's two pieces, but they sold it uh, glued together. I don't remember actually assembling mine. Oh yeah, they've um, since the two, or maybe with the two also, they've had pre-assembled versions with servos and motors and all that. Yeah, maybe maybe that's it. Yeah, <laughs> guys. Boy, we got off on a weird. <laughs> yeah, you know they have this thing called glue. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but but that being said, mine was not receiver ready because I that's the one that I made to the uh, the I don't know I say military colors, um, but the olive drab one that I have. Yep, I remember. And I I put uh, the X four hundred XT brushless motors in. I love that thing. It's great. It's a it's a one. I mean, Twin Star is a great plane to get, guys. Yeah, it is. Fun, especially if you do uh, <clears throat> differential thrust. Did you see the one on floats? I did. Yeah, see I that. saw that picture, but I didn't see any reference to the floats. I just it was just there. I was like, well, I think it's probably the same ones that they use on like the Fun Cub and uh, other that's stuff. That's pretty neat. And that reminds me of Sparky's uh, float plane conversion. Yeah, I was going to say seaplane yeah. conversion. Yeah, Sparky at Parkfire Plastics has a neat little conversion. It has a bottom plate and some wig tip floats and a few other goodies converted into a nice seaplane yeah I, I did that to mine for a while and then you and i tried it in brackish water one day that didn't work out so well. <laughs> yeah my control eyes are still rusty from that <laughs> well i killed a speed control that day oh ooh. But, uh, i fixed it since then but yeah good times yeah yeah are well, you the person who forgot to cover up the air intake after doing this seaplane mod uh is that somebody else um, I can either confirm or deny that I did that. Okay. Twice. 
<laughs> yeah, cover up the little hole in the front because it will intake water like a drain very quickly and do yeah. bad things to your internal electronics. Yeah. So um, the, the moral of the story is there's not actually a new twin star out, or at least not in the U.S., and we were too dumb to know that there was a twin star out a long time ago, and we like twin stars. Yeah. Anything else? That's it. Okay. All righty then. Well, let's move on. Cool story, bro. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up, something you have, Terry, that I had no idea about. Look, they look really neat. These are um, indoor flyer microplanes of World War One aircraft from a place called Micro Aces out of the UK, looks like. And uh, I guess what's really neat is these things have pre-printed one and two millimeter foam uh, construction pieces, I guess you could say. Well, they're, I, 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 well, you tell us about it. Are they like you fold them up and glue them together? How does it work? Well, I think you've just summarized it all in your little intro there. Okay. Well, next thing then we have is the, uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, you've got the gist of it. It's, um, Depron with a printed surface and it's really high quality stuff. The, the printing anyway. Yeah. Um, it's kind of neat. It gives 3D visual effects on a, a 2D surface. And so there's two millimeter Depron, and then there's some really thin plastic that's used in structural areas, and one piece of light ply on the SE5A kit that I built. And uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, and it builds into basically the same size as your average Horizon Hobby Ultra Micro. Yeah, it says about 14 inch wingspan. Uh, yeah, sure. Just for the, like for the SE5. Um, yeah. I have to say, that's a really nice looking weathering detail on them. I know. Isn't that crazy? That's and fantastic. this one, the version that I have is supposed to be really accentuated with the weathering to kind of show how these planes were oh, at up. the front after a day yeah. or two. And uh, anyway, I just thought it was really fabulous. So that's the one I picked. And it's kind of neat. I mean, it's really neat. It looks like it they have was, a whole... They have a whole series of these things. I saw a, uh, a D7, a D8, uh, my favorite, and a DH2. Which yeah, and that's, yeah, that must be a, a tricky build. Or Ugh. I should say a tricky design because <laughs> it's not a conventional airplane. It's mm. kind of a pod with the struts and stuff like that. All right, challenge accepted. Yeah. And so this is not your average ultra micro, which you typically open the box and it's already in one piece. You just bind it and put in a battery and fly. This is almost like putting together a plastic model. Uh, all mm. the parts are in, uh, I don't know if they're laser cut or what, but they're very cleanly cut plastic. And when she, so you cut out each individual piece and sometimes you have to massage the curved parts um, so that they bend easily. And it took me three good sessions of several hours each to put this thing together. Um, not that anything was particularly hard. It just, you know, you've got a lot of parts to glue together. And uh, I've, what? You have a chance to fly it yet? Well, I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so I finished mine last night. Um, and then I was uh, doing, I was working this morning, uh, writing on my computer. And then I look outside, I'm like, hmm, it's kind of sunny. Then I stepped outside, and, hmm, it's not very windy. So I grabbed the plane and I went down to the park and I brought my uh, snow shovel with me thinking that everything at the park will be covered in snow, which it was. So I went and I spent a few minutes carving out a runway on the basketball court. And what I thought was the direction of the wind 
and apparently the wind shifted while I was shoveling and I didn't notice. So when I was done with my runway, it was a little bit crosswind, but um, I flew anyway and it didn't need but a couple feet to take off. Uh, but I got in one flight. It flies great. I flew around for several minutes and it even got a little bit gusty and windy while I was up and Ooh. it handles like your, your normal ultra micro yep. and uh, had a great landing and came home with the uh, airplane in the same condition I brought it. Now it's saying that they're recommending you use the uh, park flyer receiver speed controller bricks with the servos built in kind of yeah. deal. Yeah. This one's just a two channel. They have four channels that have the external servos, but the SE5A is just a three channel. So rudder, elevator, throttle. And that was good enough to kick it around? Oh yeah. It flew great. And uh, I was surprised because the rudder isn't that huge and it doesn't move a ton, but it was very effective and yeah, had no problems at all. And this, they actually sell their own version of the Spectrum brick and the geared brush power system. And yeah, so I have the version with that and no gyro stuff. This is just a complete dummy receiver and yeah, it worked great. Now, is it, is there a U.S. deal or are you going to get it straight from out of the U.K.? Mine came from England. I'm not aware that they have any U.S. distributors. So, but it came in a, a normal box and didn't take very long. Looks like so. they average about 40 pounds, 43 pounds. That would be for just the basic kit, right? I don't have the website up in front of me. But yeah, as you add on more features, uh, like the receiver and or the motor and all that stuff, it, you know, it it increases the price some. But really, it's not much different than your most of the Ultra Micros from Horizon. I don't see a camel. Um, no, I don't call seeing one of those. Surprising. Or for uh, you should write an angry letter. Yeah, where's your soft with planes? There's no <laughs> camel, there's no triplane. Yeah. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> Is there? Well, maybe I just missed it. It could be. Uh, it's possible well, I missed it. That one might be hard to balance in this scale. Yeah, because no even nose. with the SE5A, they've got the receiver right on top of the motor, and the battery goes on top of that. Everything is shoved right up to the firewall. Ah. Uh, so I think a camel might be a little difficult. Oh, okay, yeah, all the ones I see have long noses. So the T7, yeah. the SE5. Uh, well, no, the, the, the T8's got a sh kind of a short nose. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Huh. They make it work somehow. Hmm. <coughs> so I was going to ask you guys, um, have you ever used the Yoohoo Pour glue? Uh, is that the glue <coughs> I brought back for you guys when I went to Germany? Um, I don't recall having any before. I think that that may be that. Yeah. yeah. I think that was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's, you it's, gave some to Lee. Yeah, I gave some to Lee. I thought I gave some to you as well. Um, if you did, I forgot and I'm sorry. Because I just ordered a new one. That's what I used to build this kit. Okay. it's It smells pretty strong? Um, I don't think so. I'm sure it's got a toluene solvent or something mm -hmm. horrible like that, yeah. but you know, it didn't. I was just fine down here in the basement <laughs> for hours at a time. You had a nice conversation with the walls? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, I thought it was pretty neat stuff, and mm. I gradually <clears throat> got better with it as I went along, but... Um, Pretty cool for working with Depron. If you let it put a little bit on each part and let it dry for just a couple minutes, when you put those two parts together, you better have them where you want them because they are stuck. They're committed. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, I, I thought it was easier to work with probably than um, Foam Safe CA. 
Because, mm. really? you know, with the, the foam safe, you have to glue the part and then get some kicker on there. And oh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't always go the way you want. How does it compare to foam tap? Um, similar to that, but much quicker. So I don't know if that means the shelf life is not going to be very good on this. Because I've noticed, um, you know, foam tack that I'm used to, and then Bob Smith has their version of foam tack, which doesn't set up as quickly, but it seems to have a much better shelf life. So I don't know if it's just some percentage of the solvent that's in there or how these things work, but um, there seems to be some correlation there. Um, yeah. And uh, I did use CA on some parts of this, and I was a little bit concerned that the kicker was going to impact the printed parts. But they were fine. I was able to spray my foam safe kicker right on that paint and, or right on the ink and it didn't run. So, yeah, it was um, an enjoyable build. Okay, got any last things to add, uh, Lee? I'm curious, uh, two questions for you, Terry. Did you put a pilot figure in? It comes with a profile pilot figure. Ah, did you put your own? <laughs> I guess I could. <laughs> you need to do your own little photo. Yeah. Well, an interesting thing about these models is that they're the color schemes are specific to certain pilots in certain times, and so they have kind of a backstory with them. And this one is um, a British pilot. I can't remember his full name. It's a little bit unique, but he was a an ace in the war and. Yeah, so that's his figure in there. I, I won't disparage him by putting my ugly mug in the cockpit. All right, you have one question remaining. Do you have an indoor flying facility in Buffalo? Yes. Will that be going there soon? Oh, that's my hope. Uh, my next RC club meeting, um, we're supposed to have access to the field house after the meeting. We have our meetings at a high school that has a big field house. And so we're supposed to have access following the meeting, which I think is next week. Hmm, I should look at the schedule. So that's my plan is to take it with me. And I was originally thinking that's where the maiden would be as well because the weather's been pretty crummy. But with the break in the weather today, I snuck an outdoor flight. And And... Curious, where do you mount your run cam to on this? I'm sorry, you have reached your maximum question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you should just build the, the wings around the run cam. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so one thing that I don't know if you thought of, but what I was working on right before we started recording is, you know, with this awesome printed foam, it doesn't get the, the edges where the cuts are. So you've got all this great 3D emulation print and then kind of a raw white edge in some places. Um, so I've been going around with some acrylic paints trying to match colors and filling in those edges as closely as I can with you know, just some color. And it seems to kind of complete the effect. So, but even without that, overall, if you stand back just a foot or so and look at it, it's it's very impressive how well these two-dimensional features look with three-dimensional uh, graphics. So it's got a Lewis gun that goes on that rack, which is you know a very uh, identifiable part of a SE5A. And again, that whole part is two-dimensional, but it looks really great. So cool. the, uh, at that scale, these effects translate really well 
Yeah, I'm looking at the Sopwith right now, and boy, that cockpit detail, that's pretty neat. Which Sopwith is it? The camel. So you have a camel. Okay. A micro? Yeah. yeah. Huh. So apparently we just talk right out of our fannies. <laughs> well, you guys did. I saw the Sopwith. <laughs> and that's why people yeah, listen, to hear us talk out of our ears. <laughs> well, I just think it's neat to see all that kind of pre-printed. I mean, yeah. this is probably the most detail I've seen in a pre-printed foam yeah. uh, kit. Yeah. Do I didn't know there were other pre-printed Depron kits. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, just simple, like like the F-22 that I have, the simple one we bought at E-Fest. You know, it had lines and stuff on it, but nothing like this. This is really, like, photo quality. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I think the guy that makes these must be a graphic artist or something, because even the manual is just very well laid out. And I mean, look at the, the stinking prop. He's got stickers that go over a regular GWS prop to make it look like a wood prop. Oh, that's not painted? No, it's a sticker. Oh, I thought it was painted. And I was kind of worried about it because I'm like, oh, man, that's going to make the prop look horribly out of balance and wobbly and stuff. But I put it on, and then I checked the balance, and it, the balance was fine, and now it runs true. So it's really kind of hard to argue with his methods. I'm sorry if I missed it. How much does it weigh? Um, I don't know what they advertise, but mine weighs 41.2 grams. So <laughs> just an ounce and a third. Wow. Yeah, roughly, yeah. Just over an ounce. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Here's a camel right here. Sheesh, fits. Sorry. And <laughs> <laughs> a triplane? He's into the weather. I'll give him that. Well, I'm, I'm, he responded quickly to your request. Oh, yeah, that's what happened. He's listening. He says, <laughs> but I'll show you, mate. That's cool. That's cool. <clears throat> I, can't, I can't wait to uh, see your footage from the indoor flight. Uh, yeah, I did record the Maiden today on my hat cam, but it's a pretty small airplane, so I, we'll have to see if any of the flybys came out all right. Well, I have to warn you guys, I'm suffering from a terrible bout of allergies, so anything I say is suspect to being completely wrong. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm going to sneak in a comment there, because uh, unlike the snow that Terry's getting, in Houston, we have yellow snow. <laughs> we, are, we have uh, been inundated with the pine pollen, and man, it is thick and everywhere. That's not what yellow we, snow means. <laughs> well, not that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But boy, the pollen, the pollen is so bad right now. Oh, yeah. So I feel for you. It's bit. destroying my nose and throat. And, oh, uh. Yeah, there are things I do not miss about living down south. That's one of them. And it's, All right. it's some of the worst I've ever seen. I mean, I've actually, I'm, I'm kind of hesitating when I want to get the hose out. Because I'm afraid if I'm going to clean the whole deck and patio and all that jazz, it's just going to come right back and dump on us. So. You have to turn on your wipers when you drive? Oh, yeah. It's it's really bad. <laughs> it's yeah. Really bad. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. So what else? Do we have one more plane I think we were going to mention. We've got we... one more plane. This one has got an interesting story. Of course, we're talking about the uh, F-4 Phantom II from E-Flight. New 80-millimeter jet, of course, with ASVX and SAFE. And uh, this one, we heard about it. We actually talked to one of the representatives at uh, AMA Expo East about it. And they said Tom that, Cogswell. Yes. Tom Cogswell. Yes. Uh, they were saying that this was accidentally released um, a bit early than they had intended because due to a slip up in advertising. Uh, so they. Well, no, I thought it was the opposite. They accidentally released an ad based on their original 
hit release date and then the release date got pushed but the ad did not get moved something like that yeah, it, yeah. they didn't intend the ad to go out but the ad went out people said oh yeah and like, no what <laughs> uh, well yeah kind of sort of but not yet so in fact i think it still says pre-order on the website so it's really not out yet but they've got a whole write up and nice pictures and things of it so we've got uh it's designed for 6s it's really nice um navy paint scheme with a, a eagle on the side i forgot what they said it was based off of but um uh the vf 51 screaming eagle squadron look at that so it's uh everything you expect from an ic flight jet yeah, retracts, removable weapon stores, scut lights, uh, some pretty nice details. 12 blade fan, 80 millimeters, designed for a 6S, 4 to 5,000 milliamp hours. 100 amp speed controller, that's pretty nice. APO, and let's see, he's got wings and a tail and a, <laughs> and a pilot. Everything you'd want in a jet. How do you really feel about this? You don't seem as excited as I was when I heard about it. Well, it's nice, but I was a little bit surprised because, well, they've, they've had an F4 before, but that was fiberglass and balsa, which is actually really nice when you see one. And, of course, there's a competitor that already has a, well, there's is 90 mil, I think, for an F4. So I guess um, uh, full flying tail, I mean, it's really nice, and that's just pretty great. I just thought, you know, it's just surprising to come up with an F4, not something maybe a little bit different, but not saying this is bad. It's really nice. Uh, the videos of it flying are fantastic. Well, I suspect this has been in the development cycle for a while. So that, that's true. Yeah, they were concurrently working on similar models, and yeah, these things will just materialize out of thin air. They got to probably work on these things for years. Yeah, and I assume there were some unsavory words spoken the day the, the motion one was released. <laughs> yeah, but at least I think the motion is ninety millimeter, and this one's eighty. So I guess if you want something maybe a little bit smaller or only six S, uh, although or something. Or if you want something with a comparison of the airframe sizes, uh, I didn't compare them because um, this one has what a 40 inch, 30 inch wingspan. It said there in a second 40, 30. What's the difference? I had it there 35 inch wingspan. That seems small, right in the middle. Split the difference. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> or we can look it up. Uh, uh, all right, you keep talking. I'm going to look up the other one. So I think the, the big selling point of this is you can get it with the AS3X and safe. So a lot of people seem to like that, uh, especially if you're new to EDFs and you want something that can't, it's hard to get into trouble, you can get uh, something with safe, uh, which is actually what uh, somebody at my field wanted. They ended up getting the motion one because that came out. And they wanted to put a safe receiver in it, but they don't make a separate safe receiver. So you were stuck with just something with AS3X and that's it. So, okay, I was going to ask you, because I thought you used a receiver that had some sort of gyro in it. It had gyros, but it didn't have any type of self-leveling. It was just uh, dampening gyros. Gotcha, okay. So, and a lot of people want the safe. Um, I won't give my opinion on that, but for that's what they want, and they want what they want. And so, E-Flight for giving them what they want. Uh, so, but it looks very nice. Looks like it's fairly true to scale, best I can tell. I, I mean, I haven't put some three views up next to it, but it looks reasonably good. Right, so uh, I've got the the free wing F four up. Not that we want to cloud the two, but, but it's a little bit bigger. The wingspan is forty point one five inches. Okay, so I thought it was so bigger. just a, a smidge bigger. Of course, the free wing you can put eight S as well and six S. So this okay. one is just six S. It'll probably be kind of heavy wing loading with eight S. Although I'm sure some people are going to try to cram an eight S in there. Just because. Uh, 
But if you want something a little bit smaller, easier to fit in a car, and uh, it's got the electronics, fancy electronics, bite and fly, go for it. Hopefully when it show up in my field and I get a chance to play around with it. Yeah, the odds are something like that will happen. <clears throat> yeah. You've been like the guy recently it seems yeah i've been fortunate uh club members you know let me grab the sticks a few times and video at me uh, video of me doing it so and i got another video in the works too i've got to get done that's just that thing just i uh, grabbed the plane and the video camera and went off with it that's a good gig if you can get it yeah yeah <laughs> just don't crash it all right it's been the fitz and terry show Seems like we have someone else on the... Lee, that's his name. Who? Who is this Lee you speak of? <laughs> I can't get into word in edgewise. <laughs> you just got to jump in there. You know this. I'm just saving till my moment comes. This is your moment. Your moment is now. I like the, I like the F4. I like the F4. I, I remember having a model as a kid, and I don't think I've ever owned i don't think i've ever had an f4 rc aircraft um i want to was it a pilot did pilot make i may have been talking to you terry but did pilot make an f4 i don't remember exactly who it was but i remember when hobby lobby was um you know in the big in the game they had an f4 come out that was you know you could tell it was an f4 but it wasn't nearly as detailed as these latest ones and it was obviously much smaller Yes, I recall the plane you're talking about. Yeah, it's got a lot of a lot of goodies on it. I mean, I love the I love the gear that it's got a little shock absorbing gear there. Yeah, you see a little part of the video there. Lots no, of still... lots of bombs, lots of tanks. Yeah. I wish they had a little switch to drop those tanks, but I'm sure we could do that. <laughs> yep, <laughs> make it happen. Um, yeah, I, I the the cost is uh, prohibitive. 440 450 you know sans battery so it's 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 not chump change no but how much was the free wing about the same wasn't it comparing again did you close the window yes i did all right well never mind i've got it i think i I want to say it's cheaper but which one the free wing um well you've got options there right well, let's see. <coughs> the the plug-and-play is four ninety-nine on the free wing. Okay. So that's no receiver, but everything else. Uh, well, you need, but you need this receiver. I mean, you're gonna want to fly this jet with AS3X and safe. Probably. Well, yeah, that what well, it comes with. So yeah, you so guys are already confusing the two. Fitz is talking about the free wing. Price. The free wing Sounds is like four ninety-nine, no receiver. The E flight is four forty-nine with receiver. Receiver. Oh, so it is. Which, yeah, it's a good uh, 40 so, bucks cheaper. Well, Tell you well, what, never mind. listeners, 50. send us $500 and <laughs> you will get <laughs> a mystery F4 in the mail. We're going to choose for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've got a two sided die here. We're going to roll. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Looks good. Happy, happy for E Flight. Looks like, hopefully, it'll be a, a good seller. And I'll let y'all know if I see anybody at our club. Yeah. Them. Sadly, I mean, with that, but the the downside is it's a, it's a tiny jet, and with those little gear, it ain't gonna fly off our our grass. So I don't see it there. Well, it's what thirty five inches. Yeah, it's not, not a big, not it's not a big jet, but I don't think anybody's gonna fly that off of grass. Mm. I don't. Uh, that'd be interesting. 
Those wheels look kind of small, man. Where were was it at best when somebody was trying to fly an F4 off the grass? <laughs> the one that went from one end to the other? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, you mean the F-15? The big yeah, one. There was an F-15 that did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It took up yeah. every inch it of runway. It just stayed on the ground. It was RC car F-15. <laughs> yeah. All right. yeah, that was cool. drama. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, there's no further thoughts. I guess we will take a break and be right back. This stuff's made in New Jersey? New Jersey! Get a rope. So as I mentioned earlier, we uh, survived our expedition to AMA Expo East. Uh, Expo Expedition. Expo Expedition. Yeah, okay, I like that. Yeah, it was really nice. We had a good time. We uh, took a quick jaunt out into uh, Manhattan, went down Times Square, saw lots of lights, ate some pizza, went on to the Intrepid Air Museum. Uh, Terry got to meet an old friend, co-worker. And I uh, got to see some airplanes, some big real ones, some cool stuff on the deck and below deck. The old space shuttle. Uh, Concord, yes, got to see Concord. Uh, we got to see, was it, what do we call it? Sully Boulevard or Sully <laughs> Runway? <laughs> Sully Runway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, Hudson River. Yeah. yeah, saw a bunch of helicopters too flying around, the tourism helicopters. We were kind of noticing that they were pretty busy. Uh, so yeah, it was a nice trip. The weather was fairly decent, actually. Nice, cool, but nice. Uh, got to see some snow, which I haven't seen in quite a while. So I was happy about that. Uh, yeah, so was I. <laughs> so, so as a post-mortem, you guys got any additional thoughts from our trip that you didn't get a chance to talk about last time when we did the, the on location podcast? I do, but I want to let Lee go first. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Quiet here. Oh, uh, well, uh, I guess what we didn't get to follow up on was Sunday was quite quiet. Yeah, it was surprisingly <laughs> quiet on Sunday. Yeah, so Sunday was a little way less. I don't know. What do you think? Would you, Sunday, how much, how much less than Friday? Hmm. Would you say? I don't know. 20% less? Yeah, sure. I'll go it's with just, 20%. It wasn't a it wasn't a great turnout. Now, on that being said, because I know Terry will have more to say than and Vince and I, but you know we were only there till noon, right? We slept at noon. Yeah. So I don't know if any people came in after noon. If it kind of picked up or not. Well, that's Terry. That's for Terry to say. But you know, I mean, all the other vendors were there. Yeah. Um, I I did my you know my last few pickings uh, at the end. So I I did buy me buy a plane for myself. So. All right. So you control. Mm. Oh, that's right. And have you cracked open the box yet? There's balsa in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't have it on me, so I wasn't quite prepared to say that. But the thing about this plane is that it's it looks like it was made in Israel. Interesting. And we have done our darndest to find this kit online, and we cannot find it. Well, f- we keep finding pictures of the bird, this bee eater, is that what they call it? Mm-hmm. Um, but not any of this kit and I haven't seen any on eBay. So <laughs> as I was telling my son, I was like, did I just get a knockoff? You know, some, <laughs> someone just shut balls in this box and just make, <laughs> but what, but you look at the instructions though, they're so well done. It's like, you know, if this is a knockoff, I felt like I got, you know, robbed very well. <laughs> I was taken. It was okay. I, I mean, I will put it together. I'm looking forward to, to getting in back in a circle and, you know, doing some U control stuff. Oh, cool. So you're going to build hey. it as U control. I will make it a U-Control, yeah. Okay. 
Because mm. right, yeah, I almost, I almost picked up one of those U control kits we saw fits at uh, Georgia. Yeah. And this was kind of like you know, the same kind of thing. Sans engine. I'm sure I'll find one. I, I know someone who has some 049s, right? Uh, I have no idea what you're talking right? about. <laughs> <laughs> At least I know where I get the feeling. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I did get something like that. Um, I mean, Fitz, did, you talked about your plane, right? Oh, I guess we haven't no, talked we haven't. about that. <laughs> well, let's let, let's Terry, let Terry talk about the rest of the expo. Then we'll talk about our trip home. Well, that's all you have, Lee? Oh, well, the trip home was even more exciting. Yeah. Well, you can go ahead and talk about that. So I Are took you, you sure? guys back to the Newark airport. What would you say, around noon or so? Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And I, I'm surprised because I was able to make it back to the expo without any help. I didn't get lost this time. We got lost five times, even despite having GPS. Yeah, it's weird because that, I mean, it might be less than 20 miles, but it seems like you're on five different highways. <laughs> New Jersey, the only place for, you can get lost with a GPS. Yeah, and they all charge you a different toll. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, with three of us in the car, we managed to, to get lost twice. And then the second ah, time around. Me, man. What's that? <laughs> don't look at me. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> you you two had your phones out. I was just sitting in the back. Like, wow, look at Skyline. Yeah, some help you were. <laughs> look, kids, Big Ben. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, anyway, so I made it back. Okay. And, yeah. But tell me about, apparently your journey got more exciting after that. Oh, geez. Well, it started with the TSA line. Oh, in Newark? Man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was long. It was long. It's like what they had like one line open or something. It was two lines open, and then they opened one behind us. But we still had to go forward for quite a while. But it was, I, I'd say we were in line for forty-five minutes. Yeah, did it feel it that way? Felt like okay. it. Well, forty-five hours. Yeah. I can't tell the difference. Yeah, right. But I don't want to. I don't want to bore our readers with that part. The the part that I want to talk about was when we came into Chicago. Hang on, lady. We go oh. for a ride. Oh my gosh! There's, as they said, there's a reason why they call it the Windy City. Cool. They said they had, they had a tail. We had a tailwind or something like 120 miles an hour up in the air, so we were like cutting time pretty quick. And then when we were landing, they said the gusts were up to 50 at the airport. I ain't kidding you. That's exactly what it felt like. We were shucking and jiving in that yeah. plane, and although nothing was flying in the cabin. <laughs> Um, man, I'll tell you that was some landing, and we we erupted in applause. <laughs> yes, when we, when we got on the ground, it was. I, I think we landed sideways and then right side up, upside down, <laughs> uh, backwards, and then finally forward again. <laughs> it was really. I'd never been yeah, landing a couple that of bad. pirouettes. <laughs> yeah. Man, it was. Uh, now, funny we mentioned that because was it the landing in Newark that was really hard? Remember there was was, the was it, when we got. In no, I think that was, was in. Um, uh, St. Louis. St. Louis, when he slammed it onto the ground. Yeah, so, yeah, so we had a really hard landing in St. Louis. It, we didn't land hard in Chicago, but man, it was just a, it was wild getting there. So that was that was that was the landing in Chicago. Yeah, it was. Woo! The pilot earned his or her pay that day because man, it was. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that was exciting. That was that was the only the second time I've ever heard the crowd applause and landing and all my flying. And the first what time was, the was first many, time? many, many moons ago when I was just a kid. We went to Disney World, and when we landed back in uh, Hartford, Bradley, it was like a really rainy, stormy day, and it was like like zero visibility. And when we finally got down, everybody started clapping and applauding. And that was like my Yay. only second air time ever flying. 
Hmm. Well, and then when we get to Houston, <laughs> yeah, uh, we we checked in our bags. Uh, well, well how, I'm, I kind of feel like you need to. Tell okay, the story. okay. So back at the AMA Expo East, I, mean, I alluded to it at our last podcast. I bought an airplane there. I bought it was a Habu Thirty Two with a deal so good I couldn't pass it up. And so we scrounged around and to find some way to box it up, I was able to stick the wings in Lee's luggage, right? I think I put the wings in your luggage. Yeah. If y'all remember, I brought a huge suitcase with us yeah. that exactly met the measurements, yeah. know, the maximum measurements. And we, it was nothing in it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I, his wings fit. So yeah, I'm going to pull the wings off, even though, despite one of them being half glued on for some reason. Uh, so I pulled the wings off, put it in Lee's luggage. And for the fuselage, I found a... Uh, a wing bag. One of the vendors was selling a wing bag for a pretty decent price, and it just fit the like fuselage. Red Baron? Yeah, Red Baron, I think. Red yes, Baron? Yeah, the little nice guys let me. I brought the fuselage over to them, and I said, uh, I need something to put this in. And they had several different sizes, and I, they let me try out a few, and I found one that was pretty good. And uh, on Lee's recommendation, I put some cardboard in it to kind of stiffen it up a little bit and, and take it in as a carry on. I mean, as check in. And uh, lo and behold, it fit, it passed the dimensions, and they pulled it in as check on. Along with, um, we brought some other pieces back from Terry to to give to our buddy Sparky. So um, you were my mules. Yeah, I was your pack mule, <laughs> both of us. Uh, and so they checked in the bag and they, and they said something odd. They said oversized, but they didn't charge us extra or anything. They just sort of put them aside. I said, "Well, that's interesting, but okay, whatever." Uh, and so we get back to our home base back here in Houston, and and so we're waiting at the the baggage claim and lee gets his regular bag but we don't see the other two bags two or three bags three Three. right three three boxes two boxes and a soft bag and we're waiting and waiting it's like there's nothing and so i I walk over to the people in the uh, baggage claims um i don't see our bags and they pull up an intercom and they start talking to somebody in the back room in the depths of the airport somewhere and asking if every all the back <laughs> the bowels of the airport <laughs> the bowels uh, some guy named igor yes uh, bags uh, we've taken was all the like, bags off. what's that it was like the charlie brown phone yeah what want want said they've taken all the bags off the airplane there's no more and we're so we're looking at each other it's like uh we're not don't have our bags and so even though i had secured our buddy jeff to use his pickup truck to bring all the extra stuff back. And uh, so we didn't have the bags. And so they said, well, we'll just have to call you when we get them. I said, okay. And so we were You had already you signed away one of them, right? You said <laughs> they're not responsible because of something, something. Oh, yeah. We had to sign a waiver on one of the bags. I can't remember which one it was, but they signed some sort of waiver saying that, you know, if they roll over with a Mack truck, oh, well. Uh, so, but eventually I got a call the next day, Monday morning saying, oh, we found your bags. You can come pick them up or have them delivered or whatever. So, um, you said, don't touch it. Yeah. So I went over to pick them up. Um, the, the, uh, the two of Sparky's boxes were just fine. But when I get home, I noticed the fuselage of mine does had actually had some damage to it. Uh, fortunately it's mostly cosmetic, but it looks like. They may have stacked something on top of it or whatever, even though I put cardboard in it. And there's a little bit of split in the fiberglass on the vertical stabilizer. So I'm going to have to go in and re-glue it and maybe put a little bit of touch-up paint on it. Um, but fortunately, it doesn't look like it's anything too serious. It's just mainly cosmetic. So it's a little bit uh, disappointed in that, but it's no big deal. Yeah. yeah. 
I got it for such You'll a good You'll always have a story to tell. Yes, it has a story to tell. I can tell you, yeah, I got this as luggage, and that was, uh, I got it up in uh, New Jersey. So it looks like a neat plane. Um, it's, it's, I'm going to have to go through the fine-tooth cone because as I was taking it apart, it had lots of little nitpicks on it that I noticed. Like, I don't think this thing has ever flown, and it needs some TLC. So, right. Uh, but I understand uh, these habus are really fast. This is a nice fiberglass and balsa built up. It's not the foamy one. So I look forward right. to overpowering it. And it looked like they didn't cheap out on the gear. Have you confirmed all the good stuff is in it? Uh, I didn't check the servos. I haven't had a chance to look at them. But the gear works because I, um, I had to retract the gear before I packed it up. And they all worked. Mm -hmm. and so it looks well, good. When I say gear, I meant equipment. Oh, oh equipment. Um, yeah. I guess so. The only thing is it's got an 80 amp speed controller, which I think is probably just adequate. I might change the speed controller. Uh, mm. But it's got the fan, motor, it's got the all stock stuff. I think it's got digital servos, I think, at least on the nose we noticed. Um, mm. So I, I just haven't had a chance to really go through it. I put it, put it on the sides because I had some other stuff on the workbench I needed to get done. So that was my experience uh, trying to carry back an airplane that I bought on a whim yeah it's funny how the airplane that i bought there compares to your shiny point yeah this is a good this is a good segue well, yeah, mine is the exact opposite yeah, mine here's yeah tell us about your fantastically beautiful spanking uh, fine piece of work that you bought well we talked about it a little bit before it's a an old puddle master and i bought it at the swap shop and the covering on it was just wrinkly and horrible at least on the fuselage the wing is not bad um but looking at it 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 seems to be complete and not horribly built and it had a nice 05 can motor mounted on the pylon with an 84 grish prop and that's what sold me on it <laughs> grish <So> prop <laughs> yeah those aren't great props yeah they're tough as nails well yeah you can bend them in half is why but yeah, so uh, I I got it for a great deal, so I figured, all right, even if I get it home and crack it open and it's garbage, I'm not out anything. But I, I got it home, and the first thing I did was take a heat gun to the fuselage, and almost all of those wrinkles came out no problem on the tail surfaces and the fuselage. Um, I am going to have to recover some stuff because uh, some of the seams weren't very good. So when I shrunk the covering, the seams pulled away. Mm. And since it's a float plane, you got to have, you know, you have to have it sealed everywhere. Yeah, and there was, yeah, there was a little bit of wood damage in the hole on, on the bottom surface of the hole that the covering was hiding. And I want to fix that. So I'm, I think I'm going to end up recovering the front of the fuselage, but that's about it. Um, it actually looks pretty good. And I don't know if you remember, but there's a hatch on the front and the hatch was covered by layers and layers of scotch tape. And so I was kind of curious what that was about, but it turns out they had the servos mounted up front. The battery actually mounts under the wing and interesting battery mounting setup that was looked like just scraps of balsa glued in there. And then these little hooks and a rubber band that goes between the hooks so I'm assuming they were holding a, like a six or seven cell NICAD in place with that. And I'm not sure how. But. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the fun thing about buying used planes is the, the, the things that people do 
uh, and yeah. building them and <laughs> getting yeah. ready to Yeah, fly. for me, it's kind of fun to go the forensics of the thing. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Figure out its checkered past. Well, it's like that, that uh, Cox plane I bought that was using 440 push rods. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, wow. <laughs> you just, that's about as heavy as your SAE 5 <laughs> right there. <laughs> but uh, I'm guessing that this plane had at least two previous owners because there's a huge disparity in workmanship between the way you can see the original kit was built and then either repairs or upgrades that were made later on. So uh, I think I'm at least owner number three. But uh, you know, I'll get it back in working order and give it a little TLC, and I think she'll be pretty. And I'm probably not going to make it a float plane. I'll, let me rephrase that. I think it'll be capable of being flown as a float plane, but I'm hoping to finish it quickly enough that I can fly it off the snow here. It should be great for that. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see if I actually keep to that promise. But... Uh, the bottom line is I'm real happy with it. I, I think it's going to be a, a fun model. Yeah, I guess the nice, neat thing about going somewhere out of your comfort zone as far as location, you get to a different geographical location. You can find some interesting things that people are selling and, and just, uh, uh, just, to, just to see a new world, so to speak. Yeah, and yeah. speaking of swap meets, um, the one that I went to last year in Canandaigua, I'm planning to go to again this year. I've got some family stuff going on in the afternoon, so I'm not sure that I can get the schedules worked out. But if I can, I'm going to be at that swap meet, and I'm hoping to get rid of some stuff and hoping to find some some gems like I did last year. I've still got stuff that I bought there last year that I haven't touched yet. Um, like, remember I found that Vermont Bell kit oh, that yeah. was in pieces? Yeah, I, I still need to refurb that guy. And, uh Yeah. And I've got stuff there that I did finish, like that right flyer and then the old ultra micro mosquito. So anyway, I, I really enjoyed that swap meet and I'm looking forward to going back. All right. But we're talking about the expo, right? Yes. So Is that where we started with this? Yeah. Yeah, the expo. I think uh, we should mention that we uh, met quite a few of our listeners up there while we were there. We did. We had several people come up to us and say hi and people that um, you guys were able to meet for the first time that I've known um, from my short time up here at the Neat Fair and other things. So Jason Klein and Stephen Wattenberg, you guys were able to meet them. Yeah, and then Jeffrey Arsenault uh, oh, came right. up. Yeah. He, he was like looking at me, like, oh, looking at me, he was like, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know you. <laughs> but then he reminded us, so yeah. that was nice. It was good to have those people come up and chat with us. Yeah, I also should not mention that I, I ran across the father of a friend of mine back that I went to school with showed up and uh, pulled me aside. And that was real, real neat to meet him after it's been quite a few years since I've seen him. So it, uh, it's a little close to home there myself. Yeah, now, um, I forget which day it was. I think it was Saturday. Uh, I was able to meet uh, Steve from Freefall RC podcast. And I think one of you guys was giving your how-to presentation at the time. But uh, were either of you able to tag up with him as no, well? No, I don't remember tagging up with him. Okay. I think I missed So it. I did, and we have since exchanged emails, so I think we're going to try to collaborate with those guys on something. We're going to team up and fight justice in the modeling world? Yeah, we're going to have like a tag team cage match. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, In claymation, no, like the MTV show? Yes. Yeah, like now, his crew usually goes to an event 
in Rochester, which is not far from me, oh, later yeah. in the year. So I think at a minimum, I'm going to go there to try to meet up with them for that. Oh, how cool. I think it's Labor Day weekend. Yeah. So if I can make that work, I want to go out and hang with those guys. And uh, hopefully we can do something electronically before that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to have like a some sort of collaboration or something. That'd be neat. Yeah. Oh, all right. Now, were you guys able to uh, talk with Mason Hutchinson? Excuse me, Hutchison. I don't know Lee. Do you know, do you remember? No. Nope. Yeah, he was the scaled I, composites he, guy who was talking about. Yeah, he, oh, I saw him talking, we, but I don't. We never got a chance to talk with him. Well, I think I think he. Uh, we were chatting at at the uh, main stage, and uh, just I think through conversation, he was like, "Say, you guys gonna hang around? You all have some questions you can ask." <laughs> you <know? laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, we were his but, shills. Uh, Although neither, none go. of us ask any questions. Well, I did meet his dad. Oh, yeah? Uh, we were at the bar that night. We were all hanging out oh, there. Oh, Hutch. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Hutch, we, we were talking with Hutch for a while there, cool. too. So, Yeah, uh, good people. They were fun to talk to. And, oh, my gosh, is he, like, excited about the hobby. Yeah, really? It, yeah. I mean, we think we're lifers. He's a lifer. He's a lifer in several different reincarnations. Yeah. <laughs> lifer as <laughs> <laughs> That's Sir Lifer to you. Well, expert <laughs> level Lifer. But I will have to reiterate, that's one of the great things about going to an event is the people we met. We met some really interesting personalities there. Uh, some will go unnamed, right? but we'll, <laughs> we, we had a lot of fun. Uh, right, like the first night at the hotel bar, um, yeah. Rob Romash came up. And I know Rob from a few years back, but you guys got to meet him. And then, yeah. what do you know, 10 minutes later, we're flying a little foam glider around in the hotel lobby. What do they call those when you, you hold the thing underneath it? You just hold like a piece of paper or a, a, a stiff object and let the wind. Push. Or you steal a picture frame. <laughs> <from the laughs> yeah. It almost knocked a walk down. behind glider yeah. or something like that. Anyway, but didn't I yeah. almost knock down some bottles with it? <laughs> you did. Yeah. You had tunnel vision. I got kind of carried away with it. But uh, yeah, the thing was, you know, only a couple of microns thick or something. It was just a slice of foam that you can almost see through. With a little piece of weight on it, but it was fun. It was neat. He he does some neat stuff. And he had that that the rubber band powered plane. He flew in the in the center during the weekend as well. Yeah, Quite you guys time. were already gone, but while you were at the airport, he did a a main stage presentation on Sunday. Uh-huh. And actually, he was on the stage for like ten seconds. He's like, "All right, everybody who wants to see this, follow me." And he goes walking across, and he was kind of like the Pied Piper. This group of people behind him <laughs> followed. And actually, not many people came up first, and then he grabbed one of his planes, and he flew the this little rubber band free flight plane inside, and then this huge crowd shows up, like 40 people, and they start following him around. And so he gave a great presentation on how some mm. of this stuff works, and how you build it, and you could tell there were a lot of non-modelers there, people who had just brought their families for the day to see what's going on, mm. and he really captured their attention. So that was fun to watch. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys saw any of his planes like, crash into the rafters or anything else, but I it's so didn't. funny. They would hit some of those ceiling joists or whatever they were and just kind of spin around and keep on flying, then hit another one and spin in a different direction. It's, it, they were just bouncing from one girder to the next. Oh, yeah, they have no mass practically, no momentum. Yeah, it, yeah they didn't care. No. He's got this long stick that he can kind of get up there and stick in front of a wing and push it the way he wants like a lion tamer <laughs> I, I walked across him one time he was he was testing something and he made this, this funny comment he goes he wound something up and he found out how long it flew and he goes all right i, I know how many wines it's uh fifteen thousand minus three that, that'll be it and 
<laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> what makes sense to him? Uh, I think I'm he was sure. being sarcastic. I think, but I wasn't uh, sure. Probably not. <laughs> no. So, and the funny thing was, you know, I was there until about three thirty Sunday afternoon. So, not even counting our time there Thursday afternoon. Um, I don't know how many hours we spent there. I don't think I ever just made a single walkthrough from one end of the show to the other to see everything. I feel like I walked away knowing there was stuff that I didn't get to see. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I missed stuff. You know, even though the place wasn't terribly big, I, I kept getting interrupted or seeing something. And I still never found the booth with had the R2-D2 people. I never, oh, really? I never okay, could, yeah, that was right in the I middle kept, of the show. I kept missing the booth that they were stationed at. So yeah. I know I didn't see everything. Yeah, you know, some of that is because we were given our own little how-tos and there was some prep involved with that. But it was like you said, you go 10 feet and then you see somebody you meet or you know, somebody you know from before and then you get on a tangent and then the next thing you know, it's it's the end of the day and you still haven't seen everything. Yeah, days will buy pretty quickly, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when I first showed up and looking at the size of it, it wasn't a, a huge hall or exposition center, right? Um, and so when Friday came and I saw all the vendors, like, wow, am I going to be bored Saturday? Am I not around there? But I'll tell you, we, I kept walking back and forth over and over again to see some new things that would just pop up the last minute. And as you said, meet, meet a lot of people. So, you know, for the size, it, it wasn't that bad. And gosh, I can't imagine it's what, how big is West, you know, compared to this. Um, I think it's going to be considerably bigger because they have outdoor flying. Wow. I, I saw a picture and it the inside looks at least twice as big. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You're gonna have to leave bread bread fun bread fossil <laughs> <laughs> <Also> wood. <laughs> <That's laughs> <bits. laughs> buy yourself a really cheap kit and just break <clears throat> pieces off and oh, see where you've been. <laughs> Uh, see if we can find a PT twenty mm. to get to Terry. Well oh, <laughs> the Great Plains PT twenty? Exactly. Yeah, oh. Well, I'm going to find one new in box for you, buddy. All right, I'll build it. You know, I've got a PT-40 wing here. Hmm. Yeah. Well, All right, well, so uh, in closing, how do you feel about Expo? Five words or less. Go. I'm still counting the words. <laughs> you guys Dang. stink at this. I went to the <laughs> well, Expo. Uh, Here's five words. <laughs> I went to the Expo. I went to the Expo. I did, too. <laughs> <laughs> I did, too, Fitz. <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> I, I, I had a good time. Um, it, was, it was, I don't regret the trip at all. I had fun, despite, you know, the trials and tribulations of the actual air travel. Uh, I want to give a kudos to the, uh, the AMA, uh, what do you call them, not employees, the AMA people for their hospitality that ran the event. Uh, they were really nice and fantastic in accommodating us. And uh, I had a lot of fun. It was real, a widely varied event. So they had boats, cars, planes, all kinds of stuff. It was really, really nice. It would be a great place to bring your family to and have fun. The kid, they had make and take for the kids. So, um, uh, yeah, rockets too. They had rockets, yeah. So it was a really a full range of modeling activities there. Uh, as far as rail control stuff. So um, my takeaway was it was great fun and uh, I really enjoyed my trip. That was more than five words, but okay. Okay, yes. Ditto. There you go. What he said. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I thought it was uh, fun, educational, 
um, aviation-y. Yeah. And aviation, aviation-y, and, nautically, and and peopley, and peopley, yeah. And I should say, good dash peopley, good peopley. Yeah, that's the one of the good best people. things going there is the people. Yeah. <laughs> so, all all right. right. Okay. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention is uh, any of our listeners that have been listening to the show for a while know that uh, I, on a yearly basis, I go up to my old home in Fort Worth, Texas, to participate in the SAE Aero Design event. And I think a couple, of, two or three years ago, Lee and Terry joined me for. Uh, participating in the event and uh, we had an on-location podcast and as our first time and we had some really neat things to say about it and they had a good time. Uh, I'm going back up this coming weekend so probably as you're listening to this I'll be have already finished and back home again. <clears throat> I usually go up, uh, I, I, I have a long history with the SE Aero Design event. This is a, an event where uh, college students from around the world come, they build a model airplane, and they have a competition to see how much weight they can lift for the most part. There's some other nuances to it, uh, but it's always fascinating to go and watch to see what kind of designs they come up with and how they can um, really show their engineering prowess uh, with varying uh, levels of <laughs> um, accomplishments. <laughs> crashy, smashy. And lots of crashy, smashy. Um, Questionable building structures. Yeah. <laughs> I was being generous, but yeah. And monocoding techniques. <laughs> Imagine engineering students, some of them whom have never built a model airplane in their life. Some have probably never seen one because we have... And have there. no access to off-the-shelf hobby equipment. Right. We have... I was looking at the list today and there's... Uh, I was actually surprised. There's, there's a lot from India, several from China, uh, of course, a smattering from South America. Of course, U.S. and Canada are, are big. Uh, and I think Poland is, is coming again as well. So some, some oh, Europe. Yeah, those guys always have those molded. Oh, yeah. Those things. things yeah, you yeah. look at the, some of the Polish planes, like, can I buy that? <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah, it was nice. Hey, except for the part where it went in, into the lake. <laughs> yeah, um, that happens. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and they have three. Uh, uh, oh, I didn't look at the rules this year. They they change the rules ever so slightly every year. So they have a, a micro class, which is usually small electric, hand launch. They usually a standard class, which is also electric now, where they basically just try to lift as much weight as they can with with a limited airframe size, and then a expert class, which changes pretty radically every year. I think. Uh, I think last year. They didn't really have too much on the size restrictions, and you can have multiple engines, and a lot of them were glow-powered, uh, but you had to have a bomb drop, and you had multiple people flying it. He had a pilot and a bombardier and telemetry and video links and all kinds of fancy stuff. So um, it's always interesting to see what these guys come up with. Um, and they got conventional designs, canards, tandem wings, Custer channel wing one year, tri biplanes, triplanes. It's, it's a, just a hodgepodge of all kinds of neat stuff. Now, do they allow general public spectators? Uh, yes, yeah. Okay. And in fact, the field that, that we go to actually has bleachers, so people can come up and sit on the bleachers and watch. Hmm. So they just they keep them a little bit away from the, uh, behind the fence, away from, because, you know, these things go wild, can and do go wild, so they have some yeah. sort of safety measures, but yeah, you can watch. Yeah, I guess it's too late to tell people now, but... I think oh, it would yeah. be a fun thing to go watch. It is. And uh, they have two. So they have the East and West Coast 
competition. And the East Coast is first. So if you're listening to this podcast and you live in a California, LA area, look for, I think it's in April, there's going to be a West Coast uh, event. So if you're in that area, go pop out there and take a look. It's really fascinating. Uh, you see some really clever designs, some interesting designs, some questionable designs. And, uh, but you can walk around, you can talk to students, ask them about their planes. They're usually very, very good at telling you and describing their, their plane and design their philosophies because they're also judged on a presentation. So they have to dress up, give a presentation in front of several judges, um, who are all aerospace engineer types and professionals. And so they got to defend almost like a dissertation or a thesis. They got to defend their, their decision and, and answer questions and why they did certain things and pre pre predict what they can lift as well. So they get judged on that. So this is a multifaceted event. You were saying Lee? Nothing. Oh, I'm sorry. He's yes. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, I don't want to drone on too long about we, it, but uh, I, I'm going to be leaving early tomorrow morning. Drive up, spend the weekend, uh, meet up with a buddy Raymond. We're going to be taking pictures and taking videos. I might try to see if I can sneak in a live broadcast while I'm there. Um, yeah, so I'll try my best to do it. Uh, so you can just kind of get an idea. Uh, tomorrow they have all the static judging and whatnot in the hotel. So I think I can sneak in, sneak a, a quick video while I'm there. Usually I don't have a whole lot of time when I'm out at the field when they're doing actually flying. But uh, so uh, hopefully by the time you listen to the podcast, I would have already done that kind of stuff. I'm trying to predict the future here. Uh, so, but it's a fun thing. I always look forward to going and helping out my former, it's a former club I used to belong to when I lived up there. So they're all, they've always been really nice to me. So, uh, good, good to see some old buddies. Well, keep those cameras running with the 15 plus mile an hour winds. There should be some spectacular oh, yeah. moments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially the micro class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it never disappointed. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you guys remember because they have like, basically like, some are like flying kites, some are inflatables. There are all kinds of goofy, wacky things I'll try to fly in the micro class. Uh, so, yeah. I look forward to it. It should be fun. All right. Uh, Will our alma mater be there? I looked. I did not see them. Oh. I actually haven't seen them in the past several years. I don't know what's up with them. Oh. Uh, I think they don't tend to go very far. The, the East Coast uh, alternates between here and Florida. So I think they just wait until it's back in Florida when they go. Uh, okay. Uh, of course, they have the other campus, but I never see them. I don't, they're yeah. dead. Well, they might go to the Western one as well. Uh, that's true. Arizona is a lot closer to California. So it's, I think we're just in a bad spot. Yeah, for for our co our college, but oh, well. for those who don't know, we were talking about Embry Riddle Aeronautical University. Go Eagles! Yes, yes. Okay, now we can move on. All right. Uh, let's see, good master. Well, I don't think we have too much to say. I guess um, events. We got an event coming up. That's right. Our buddy George let us know about an event that's coming up in San Antonio. And we mentioned this one last year, um, but it's uh, an event that's intended for builders. So leave your ARF at home and bring airplanes that you've built from a kit or from scratch or from plans or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's the gist of it. And I don't think there's any competition involved. It's just a, a run what you brung and talk to other builders and, yeah. and shoot the breeze, as it were. Yeah, just a celebration of kit building. Yeah. And uh, I've always wanted to go. I kept missing. I think I missed the past two or three of them due to conflicts. This time, it really does look like my schedule is open. So I'm hoping to pop over there if I can. 
with some kit built stuff I have. What do you think you'll take? <clears throat> uh, let's see. I have the QT, of course. Uh, I also have a fan trainer, which I think I need to check the speed control. I think it had an issue. I got to make sure that's running. Uh, the uh, Electric Hub, too, as well. And oh, yeah. So this turbo come three. I would have taken my Aero Commander, but it got cut in <laughs> half at Flight Fest. Super turbo. Super turbo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a uh, scratch built Aero Commander, but that's kind of no more. Uh, what else do I have? I have to think if there's anything else that's flight worthy. All right. Well, you think for a second. I'm going to give details. Um, the event is on May 25th, hosted by the Georgetown Aero Modelers. And that's in, let's see, the field is in Wahlberg, Texas. So start making your plans. Get out there. Point and laugh at Fitz's models. <laughs> and uh, it should be a fun time. Yeah, I guess I plan on building another one because Small Steps is coming up. And I wanted to have another model for that. But I'm sure I won't have that ready by the time. Well, I don't know. Is this May? March, April? Uh, maybe. I might have another plane. I have a couple of half-built planes that I need to finish up. I got a something called a Warlock. It's an old Airtronics uh, 049 to 010, maybe, with the Max low-wing sport plane. And uh, I got a fuselage, I guess, from Jeff. I guess it's him or his father that started, but there's no wings. So I'm going to scratch build a set of wings for it and finish it up. Oh. And you found plans? Yeah, yeah, I found some plans. He gave me a set of plans, but they're kind of old and crumbly, but I did find some online from uh, OtterZone. So I've already started tracing over them to laser cut some wing ribs, and hopefully I can pop out a wing for that real quick. I have a Norvell 061 I'm going to slap on the nose, brand new in a box. Uh, Ooh. So, Ooh. yeah, I got that at a swap meet. Uh, Is that a Russian-made engine? Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. I see. So this, apparently they're pretty powerful for their size. So I look forward to checking that out. Uh, so and I got another plane, actually, another one I got from <laughs> from Jeff. I guess he's pawning stuff off on me. Wow, he's your benefactor. Yeah, really. It's a it's a weird plane. I wish I could. It's called a a Q. Is it a quickie QT? It's a weird plane. It's made in the seventies. It's got a foam ace foam wing and a balsa fuselage. It only uses tailoron. It's really short coupled with a rear is engine. Is that the GLH? No, like no, it's not. But it uses like GLH wings. The foam, the same okay. ace foam wings, tapered, not tapered, swept. Yeah. But it's a rear engine pusher. Oh. Um, it's meant for an 049, but uh, I don't know if I want to do an 049 pusher. I might just make it electric. Uh, not inclined to mess with that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. I've had issues before pusher gloves. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but that one is more done, it, and it just needs to be uh, covered and, um, and electronics installed. So that could be a quickie. So, anyways, I'm rambling. Uh, that's it for me. You guys got anything? Well, is uh, JSC having a Warbird event this year? Oh, yes, we have. We're having it in one of the months that's in this year. <laughs> what is it? Usually April? Isn't it usually April? One second. I'll look it up. I think it is April. Uh, it's a day in April. Um, We're getting warmer. 27th. Oh, it's the end of April. The Johnson Space Center RC Club welcomes you to uh, Warbirds over JSC. 
This is my home club at uh, NASA Johnson Space Center here in Houston. Uh, normally, this is a closed club as far as for for the public. You can't really just walk in and, and join and, uh, join our um, flying anytime you want to unless you're a member. So, but for this case, we actually work out a deal with security to open it up for the public, and we invite all the, everybody in the area to come by and fly the Warbirds. We got a nice long pay runway, great approaches, wide open fields, and uh, I think this is our fifth year. I think we've done it, um, and it's become quite successful. We have a good time. It's our only open event we have all year, uh, so it's sort of a special deal for us because it takes a lot of coordination and groundwork for us to be able to do this, so we always look forward to anybody who wants to come by. Uh, more information can be found at jscrcc.com. Um, there is... Uh, a sign up if you want to come you do have to sort of pre-register it's free you just have to pre-register so your name gets put on the list so the security won't bug you um but uh, we we have a raffle we're getting ready for that and we always have a good time uh, big paved runway big 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 paved runway uh, i mean we could fly jets off of that no problem you could probably land ultralight in that thing no problem you could probably land a 747. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, maybe like, okay. Maybe like I a Cessna one, wah, wah, wah. 150 could probably slip in and out of there without a problem. Yeah. Uh, so a lightly loaded one. Yeah, a lightly loaded one could do it. You can, if you, you can land there once. <laughs> you might have to trailer it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we always enjoy having people come in. We have the Texas Warbird guy usually make up an appearance. Um, and kind of literally tear up the runway <laughs> uh, prop strikes were there oh uh, several they, hmm. are the landing gear removers still there oh uh, yeah well they're yes. there but they're out of the way you got to really try to hit them okay. they're not that bad no <laughs> Pop out uh, learn to fly bro yeah. <laughs> well, some background on that this area used to be i think during the apollo days they did some sort of simulations of Earth to Moon. Yeah, or, I think it was a radar test range, I think, something like that. Yeah, the, I mean, the communications for yeah. lunar travel were tested here. So there's a lot of infrastructure there, some of which includes these cement emplacements that are, what, a foot high or 10 inches high? Yeah, maybe about six inches, to eight, six, eight inches high or something like that. Yeah. So the runway's been cleared of them, but if you wander off the runway, you, you might hit one of those and... Wish you hadn't. Yeah, it will. It will remove the landing gear for you. Yes. <laughs> Convenient. <landing gear laughs> yeah. Service. <laughs> but well, we have electricity and and uh, uh, battery what? facilities. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. I get, all right. There was power when I was still there. I yeah, I think that. they just put it in there. So we got an awning, yeah. and we'll have food available. And, catered food. Uh, yeah, yeah. Catered food. So. Um, if you're in the area, in the Houston area, relative, this is Texas, so Houston means anywhere from uh, Dallas to San Antonio or whatever. <laughs> I'm only slightly well, exaggerating. Yeah, I, I saw a thing on Facebook the other day that says there's approximately one hour between Houston and Houston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, please, uh, we hope to see you out there and uh, uh, have a good time. Whose turn? Anybody else? <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap up this show. I think we've uh, slogged on long enough. You guys had any last words before nope. we bolt this tucker stand? I do. Oh, yeah. Go, Lee. What you got? I do. All right. 
for those of you who have made it this far, <laughs> for those who, for the, <laughs> I I gathered a couple of items at the AMA Expo East. I have not told Fitz and what? what contraband? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I I just grabbed a couple of things that were free or just uh, some odd items that I just picked up and paid a couple of bucks for. So where was so, I hiding them? Any, That's what I, I want to know. It was in that big gray. Chair. So, so if anybody's security, <laughs> so if anybody's missing a kid, not, he has it. It's not a plane. It's not a plane. But uh, I need uh, I need you to email contact at rcroundtable.com. Uh, Make the subject line uh, AMA Expo East uh, mystery bag. How's oh. that? And I will I will randomly pick someone within the next I guess two weeks before the next podcast, and I will mail it to you free of charge. Ooh, got some goodies. Just a just some little tiny goodies. It's nothing major. Sorry, it's nothing you know spectacular. But you know, I thought about some people at home. So and I told y'all I'd sneak something in there. I didn't end up getting a, a mystery kit because we were looking. For a variety of different things, and uh, you know, time also ran out. But anyway, I have a little uh, gift for someone who will email us again. Contact at rcroundtable.com. We'll gather the uh, the names, and I'll pick a random listener and send you the package. Wait, I, I missed the rules. They have to email us. Yeah, email us at contact at rcroundtable.com. Okay, okay. Subject line: A AMA Expo East Mystery Bag, and I will randomly pick one. I can't wait to see what we're giving away. <laughs> maybe not <laughs> we're gonna get a, a letter like a, a return to sender <laughs> like what's this crap <laughs> it's a chewed up tootsie roll <laughs> he would tell us it's a picture of lee and i uh, with a sign on our back that says kick me or something <laughs> so. anyway so that's that's that and i will tell you i've been making some better moving forward progress on my cessna 150 i was gonna bug you about that yeah I mounted the motor mount today. Okay. So the the box mount has been installed and epoxied and shimmed and cowls set properly. I've got the ailerons and flaps uh, mounted. Uh, they're not permanent yet because I got to get back to my whole painting uh, debacle. All right now, for the newcomers, uh, we're talking about your Sig Quick Built Cessna One Fifty that you've been working <laughs> on for how long? Two years. Two years. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so yes, I'm making some progress. It's actually the, if I, if I got this right, no, it's not bigger than the CZ Cub, but it's pretty big. And anyway, so but I've at been least making some, <laughs> at least it's, it's smaller than CZ Cub, but heavier. And, and if I go to the JSC event, I'm sure to have the landing gear removed. <laughs> yeah. It's you an RG. Every inch of that one away. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm making some progress Good. and, uh, you know, slowly but surely. Uh, just to, I had some run-ins with the paint. Uh, I don't want to even go into the paint. It's in the <laughs> yeah. whole episode. Yeah, you and paint. But paint and me do not get along. I'm like, uh, it's like oil and water. So <laughs> oil and water that's on fire. Stuff. Well, I mean, I, if if I can add just a little bit to the end of this, uh, the problem I had is I I purchased cans of luster coat, top flight luster coat, from my local hobby shop for this project. I guess that was two years ago. Um, and I had two cans, and I, for only the small pieces, I thought I'd have enough. But in any case, I my paint ran out and. Lo and behold, Lester Coats uh, been discontinued for like six years. So <laughs> I, I didn't know that. <laughs> so you can't get it. And sadly, the paint I have been trying, this Krylon paint, is not quite as white as the jet white monocote that I have uh, used on my plane. So I'm a little disappointed it's not matching. But at this point, I'm going to, you know, just get her done. Yeah, I admire I your tenacity <laughs> and your adherence well, to your strict standards. 
Yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to get into the air hopefully, and, and once I have that done, I will go uh, purchase some decals from uh, Cali Graphics to make it uh, what is known as 35 Ugly. It is a plane that's used for training students. It's a group here in Texas. I need to pull up that website, maybe share it. But they have this uh, Cessna 150 they use to train their 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 fellow classmates. It's a, and it's it is called 35 Ugly for a reason. Is, is it the Air Force <laughs> Academy? No, no, no. It's a it's a it's a group that uh, it's a flying oh. group for students. You for can kids. probably use the same color cryolan they use to repaint the windows. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the thing. They have not painted their plane, so it is. I probably shouldn't make any more effort to make my plane look shiny. I my goal was to make it look like it did when it was new as a Cessna 150 before it was in there. Yeah, ask them to send I, you the I, rest I, of the can that's in the hangar. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got pictures of it when I get closer to being done I'll, I'll put some more posts on our Facebook page but as I said I'm, I'm making progress my goal is to have it done at least by best but I would love to have it ready for uh, the JSC event oh, speaking of ugly civilian planes Lee was it you that posted that picture of the Cherokee that a guy had all dolled up with the weather yeah. wasn't that nice yeah the E-flight yeah. yeah he did a great job with that too many too shiny airplanes around here. So he did a good job of making that Cherokee look nice and dirty. And I'm sorry, I don't they remember do. his name right now, right now, but uh, we'll we'll post a link to that. That reminds me, there's a, uh, I have a, a top flight Corsair that's like a third built or half built or something like that. And uh, one of these days I want to get to it. I found a paint scheme. There is some uh, F4 Corsair, Corsair, excuse me, that literally looks like it's built out of spare parts. And I think it was, because it's not <laughs> symmetrical. Is that a Volkswagen? <laughs> <laughs> the paint scheme is not is nothing is like consistent on it, and uh, and I thought that's fantastic. I got to copy that in the model. So great. All right. Now I've just given away, so somebody else is going to do it now. But anyways, <laughs> well, and you don't have to. No, I still See, will. That's the genius. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyways. All right, well, I think we've rambled on enough for this time. Let's uh, go off and do something useful with ourselves. Guys, it's been a good show, and uh, I think we will leave it for now. And uh, I have to go to bed so I can get up too early tomorrow. So I'll see you guys on the road. All right, have All fun. Right. All right, bye. See ya. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening. <laughs>